Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm a congregational consultant with Troubling the Waters. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Director of Formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Unbelievable. I cannot believe we are actually here. I can't either, because it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) (laughs) We come to you from the past... We're preparing the way. We are preparing the way for the Lord. And in doing so, welcoming you to Christmas, the Christmas season. We're going to be talking about the gospel of this upcoming Sunday, which is the first Sunday after Christmas in year B, December 31st, which would be, what, the sixth day of Christmas? Mm -hmm. So you've already gotten your five golden rings, everybody. Congratulations. And the first of many, many birds. So many birds. (laughs) I think all the what birds... What does that say about true love, that you give that many birds? So many birds. All the birds, and then you're, and then people. I know. So many people. <laughs> like and do you have to house people. them and clothe them? I know. It's These really are the things I want to know about. A burden. I think someone's just offloading a burden. <laughs> so that's what we're here to do <laughs> in the Christmas season. Unload birds. And birds. And birds. Christmas. You know? Nothing like it. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in for this exciting Christmas episode. We won't make it to a second Sunday in Christmas. So sad. The epiphany falls on a Saturday. Yeah, there you go. The end of Christmas. Okay, so this is our one chance to talk about a Sunday in Christmas, just because Christmas falls on a Monday. It works out that way. But before we get into the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, December 31st, Charlotte says she has a God sighting. I do. And I believe her. It's true. So last night... An exceptionally timely God sighting, yes. because for me, it was yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, we had dinner together. Yes, we did. It is a fun thing that we do sometimes, our two families getting together. Mm-hmm. My God sighting came in the afternoon, actually, mm. as we were preparing, mm-hmm. because Tim was making the dinner. Yeah. Do the listeners know that Tim is a chef by trade? Maybe, maybe not. But know. my husband, Tim, is a chef by trade. That's what he has know. done most of his life. Mm-hmm. And yet in recent years, he has worked more in corporate food service. Mm-hmm. And so he hasn't been in the kitchen. And Except your kitchen. Yes. But even in my kitchen, not with the same yeah. joy and creativity mm-hmm. that he has in many ways mm-hmm. experienced throughout his career. Mm-hmm. I love it when he gets excited <laughs> about making food. Uh-huh. And not just because I know it's going to end up being delicious to eat, yeah. but because like it's really fun mm-hmm. to watch him be his true self mm-hmm. and to take delight and creativity in things. It also usually results in extra trips to the grocery store for me because he'll be like, oh, this would be better if it had arugula, <laughs> <laughs> which was true, but also meant an extra trip to the store right, for right, me. Right, right. But I was thinking about how God was in that. Because you mean it would be better? Yes. That- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, I do mean that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I was thinking about how God delights in those opportunities when we get to be our real and true selves and anchor into the things that bring us joy. And that very often life pulls us away from those things out of necessity sometimes, from distraction sometimes, but that we aren't always able to like spiral down into that place of joy that lives within us and take delight in those talents and things and gifts that we have. So my God sighting was in Tim Nelson fully enjoying his creative self in the creation of dinner. Mm-hmm. I also delighted in his, his full <laughs> self creating dinner. Thanks, Charlotte. Yeah. That was great. And thank you to Tim 
there for we being go. his full self in the world. Well, that's what we all need. If everyone was their full self, everything would be different, you know? And imagine, like, that opportunity to embrace that and how that would feel for ourselves in our own journey, just getting to be our full selves all the time. Um, but also the vulnerability of sharing that side of yourself mm-hmm. with the world mm-hmm. regularly. Yeah. Speaking of people being their full selves, mm-hmm. Christmas is all about people being their full selves. Think about, can, is there a person that's more their full self than, like, Mary, mm-hmm. than John the Baptist, than Jesus, than, like, Simeon and all these people, you know, all these incredible people in this Christmas epiphany season that are just being who they are, you know, just so devoted to to what they know to be true in the world and like their calling and their ministry. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Charlotte, for sharing. And uh, again, we would always love to hear from you if you would like to share your God sighting from this Christmas season or maybe the le- the end of Advent. We would love to hear any of your questions, comments, or stories from Week of Faith Discussion and Reflection. You can email us, faithtogoedsd.org. You can follow us on Instagram, tag us, direct messages on Instagram at faith to go And all those ways of getting in contact with us are listed in the description for this episode. And now we are going to talk about the prologue of John's Gospel. The reading for this upcoming Sunday, December 31st, that's the first Sunday after Christmas, Christmas 1, if you will, in year B. And it is John 1, 1 through 18. One of the more, you know, barely ever hear this one. So... I'm just kidding. That's a joke. We hear it all the time. Charles going to read it, and then we'll each have a point. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. Thank you, John. Thank you, Charlotte. Again, I said this last week, but it's generally uh, a consensus amongst scholars that this is like a standalone, 1 through 18 is like maybe a pre-existing hymn of some kind that was part of the Johannine tradition around Jesus and then was included as the beginning of this gospel. And then right after this, we get into like the narrative story of Jesus. So right now we're setting up who Jesus is going to be, and then we're going to get into Jesus's work in the world. This is the word's work in the preexistent world that we're talking about. This is also like an indication of 
like what it means, how the tradition, like I was talking about last week also, changes over time, you know, like over those 40 or 50 years between Mark's gospel and John's gospel. So like this is including so much more of kind of like Greek philosophical ideas. Like Mark doesn't talk about Greek philosophy, right? (laughs) But this idea of the logos, the word, is this like very central idea of of like Greek philosophy, this idea of the logos is like this organizing principle of the universe, that like undergirds things. So the idea to like a Hellenistic, a Greek a culture that the word would become flesh is like mind blowing. That's crazy. We don't hear it like that because we've heard this so much, mm-hmm. but like to a person reading this or thinking about this for the first time, that's like a paradigm shift, like a really crazy idea. So, we also have like the kind of like downplaying of John. Like they, the, the author of John's gospel seems to go out of the way to make sure you know that John the Baptist was not the light. <laughs> None of the other gospels are like, this guy is not the light. Look away. So, yeah, so much so <laughs> that now the, the like tradition around Jesus' baptism has changed so much that John the Baptist doesn't even baptize Jesus at this point, you know, at the, at the end of the first century. Whereas in Mark, the very first thing that happens is that Jesus is baptized. So there's clearly like a tradition around Jesus's birth and and his lineage because we have that in Matthew and Luke, which were written before John, but John's gospel doesn't include that. That's where we are in the gospel. And Charlotte, you have the first point. I do. I do. And my point kind of starts with the beginning of this gospel, this first thing that we hear from John. Once we get past the language about the word, we have... All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And I was thinking about the fact that what we have here is all things came into being through him, and that the light was there, right? Like we've often heard of Jesus as the light of the world, and we have had a lot of opportunity to reflect on what that light looks like and how it spread and how it shared and how it it holds um, space for all of us. And I just loved the idea that as this light already existed, and in here it is named that we come to being through it, through this light that was already there, that then we were already dwelling in that light. That we are already with God before we were knit together in our mother's womb, that we were already in the presence of this light, that it bathed us, that it coated us, that it fueled us in all the ways that we were. And so as I was thinking about that, that word dwelling, which we get several times, we hear that lots of different times, I decided I was going to look it up. And the way that it's listed in here is really lovely for me, especially as we are in this Christmas season, because it says a shelter, such as a house, in which people live. And I love the idea of being sheltered in light, because it doesn't say that there is an absence of darkness, but that if we dwell within God, if we dwell within this light, then we are sheltered within it. And there's joy in that. Thinking back to Bishop Susan's time with us on the last episode, Mm -hmm. that there is joy knowing that we dwell within this light and that it doesn't mean that pain and heartache and darkness are not outside of it, but that we dwell within it and that we have come through it into ourselves and that we therefore are called, once we have gone through it into the fullness of ourselves, that we are called to share it 
mm-hmm. as part of that. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later on within this same gospel reading, we have, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And I was just thinking about all of this, right? Like that all of these things in which we are talking in this gospel are about relationship. They are about where we were, where we came from, how we are, and what that relationship looks like with God and with one another. But just thinking about the fact that, just as it says in here, that we came through this, through this light, and that it coats and supports and is part of all that we do in the same way that we carry the light of Christ within our hearts and that we always have that opportunity to share it. Mm-hmm. I was also thinking about the light, oddly enough. Mm. One thing that I, I wanted to say in the context that I didn't, though I said so many things, this masculine language and the pronouns for the word, this is a reality of the Greek language that like Greek words, like in other languages, have gender assigned to them, but that doesn't mean that that is the gender of the thing that they're describing. So logos is a masculine. There's masculine, feminine, and neuter words in Greek. Sin is a feminine word, but that doesn't mean sin is female. You know what I mean? It's just like a grammatical reality of the language. So logos is masculine. That's why all of these pronouns referring back to the logos are masculine pronouns. But that doesn't mean that the word is a man. So when it's all saying he, 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 all those places, we could say the word was in the world and the world came into being through the word, not not necessarily him. And I know that we want to conflate that with Jesus, who was male. Jesus is an embodiment of this logos. John's prologue is talking about the word. Just a note there. An appreciated note. Yeah, that's all. I was struck by this part in the beginning. What was coming into being through the word was life, And the life was the light of all people, the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it or grasp it, Mm -hmm. understand, understand it. That's another way you could translate that word. I was thinking about this idea of, like, the light of all people, that the life was the light of all people. And this idea then that, like, there's something cool to me about that this idea that like life itself dwells within us, that this is like the light of all people, that the life dwells within us, that all things were created through this logos, through this like organizing, defining, foundational principle of the universe. And that that thing is not impersonal, but that it is like relational. We all take part in this life together. That we're just by existing, just by living, that we're somehow connected, you know, which I think is such a beautiful way of thinking about the kingdom of heaven that like to really live into the kingdom of heaven requires us to take seriously the fact that we are all deeply connected on like a cellular foundational level. Not one thing came into being except through this one thing. So that we all can like trace our lineage back to this oneness. Even right now, all the people in the world, it would be so nice if we could all recognize our connection to one another. 
that like we are not each individual separate things that came into being through separate things. We have this foundational oneness to which we're all tied just as living beings that like we are tied to life, that we take part in a life, that we don't have six billion different lives or whatever. We have one life and we're all participating in it. So I love that idea. The idea that then like John came to bear witness to this life, to this connection that we all have to one another. And we see that in John's ministry because what is John doing? John is calling people to repent, to change their minds, to remember this connection, to change the way that they live in the world. And Jesus is doing the same thing. Jesus is coming to remind people of their connection to God, their connection to one another. And that that in some way is salvation to remember who we are, where we came from, and that we all came from the same place, mm-hmm. you know. Also made me think of Jeff Goldblum, you know, which the gospel often does. I mean, why wouldn't it? You know? Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about Jurassic Park, another foundational film of our generation. Thinking about Jurassic Park and Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park, talking about life, how life always finds a way I don't need to go into the details of why he's talking about it. It's all just made up science about dinosaurs. But life always finds a way. Life has this perseverance. Life has this resilience to it that it will always figure out a way forward. You know, I was just thinking about this like life force. All things came into being through the word. And what has come into being in the word was life, was life force the force of life and the life was the light of all people that we all have this like force of life within us. You know, we all, we see this throughout history and especially with Jesus, this like group of people who have been oppressed by this empire, there is no way forward, but life finds a way forward. This is the logos, that this is like the story of God. This is the source of all of our lives. We all come from this source of resilience and perseverance. And we see this in the human spirit over and over and over again throughout history. And with Jesus' people here, that like life cannot be stopped. It will find a way. There will be a way forward. And so I love that, again, that John comes to witness to this life force, that this is the thing that lights up the world, is our life force and our shared life force and the commonality of our life that just to be alive should be enough for us to see that we are deeply connected to one another and that we should care about each other's lives. I'm just thinking about this cosmic idea of the logos and the, the logos, you know, dwelling among us and, and the life and the light and, you know, all these things. It's, it's kind of confusing, but just trying to connect them all and, like, think about them in our context and just, like, how hopeful it is to think about that, that, if we can do the inner work that we need to do to be able to see our common life force, to see the commonality of life amongst us, that that things could be different, that we'd operate in the world differently, that we would be committed not just to the thriving of our own lives, not just to the the quality of our own lives, but the quality of life Mm -hmm. as a force of nature, the quality of life on earth rather than just the quality of my life on earth, that we could all create something bigger than each individual person. And that, to me, is the kingdom of heaven. 
I immediately flashed while you were talking about it to Bishop Susan's two shout outs, one episode mm-hmm. to her sermon at convention. I don't know if you were there yet at that time. I think you arrived a little bit later in the day, but in it, she referenced Pando. It's a birch forest mm-hmm. in Utah mm-hmm. that only has one single root system. Oh. It is a forest Mm -hmm. of birch trees, but it is one tree, Mm -hmm. right, with all of those things. And that interconnectedness that you are speaking of, Mm -hmm. of realizing that we are all connected in some way, like there is visible representation of that in this world. There is that opportunity to know that that connection that we are all part of is there whether we recognize it or not. Because I imagine that people did not know that this tree was one tree, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of these trees were one tree for a very, very long time. And imagine the joy and the wonder at realizing that this was and then documenting it. I think that we all have that opportunity to feel that joy and that wonder at knowing we are all connected Mm -hmm. and that sometimes it feels easier to think of ourselves as separate and not reliant upon each other Mm -hmm. and really only vest in ourselves. But the reality is that we are all Mm -hmm. connected. Mm-hmm. The true light, which enlightens everyone, mm-hmm. you know, that this is a thing that needs to be revealed to us because we've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are our two points for this first Sunday after Christmas. I believe they are sufficient for a full podcast. Agreed. Yeah. Number one was Charlotte's, and it was about the light, the light that clothes us and envelops us and dwells within us, and that we dwell within the light, you know in this beautiful way that that gives us a way forward. Mine was similar to it, thinking about this force of life, this life force that connects us all, that just by being alive, we are taking part in this one life of God in the universe. So having heard those two points, we'd love to know what your point would have been for this week's episode. Uh, You can get in contact with us in all those ways listed in the description for this episode. We would also love to hear any of your questions, comments, or stories from Week of Faith Discussion and Reflection. Any of your God sightings? Well, and David, I think we actually need to introduce something. So at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about the 12 days of Christmas and perhaps some of the questionable gifts that were offered as part of it. (laughs) But here at the Faith to Go podcast, we really like to notice where God is moving in this world. And so we have our own gift Mm. for our listeners Mm -hmm. for this Christmas season. Mm-hmm. So today you had the episode which featured a God sighting mm-hmm. in it, which first is day of Christmas. first day of Christmas. And then each of the days between now and Epiphany, we have some bonus God sightings to offer to you. So we encourage you to listen, yep. to think about how that offers you connection mm-hmm. to this new life mm-hmm. and to what God is doing in mm-hmm. this world. Mm-hmm. And then as always, to send us your own God sightings. That's right. So we'll have episodes Monday today and then New Year's Day and then in between. Mm-hmm. For all the 12 days of Christmas, we'll have a God sighting coming out every day. So check out those God sightings. Make sure you pay attention to your podcast feed. We'll have a lot of extra episodes coming out, more than usual. And we'll be back next week to talk about the first Sunday after the Epiphany. That's correct. All right. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody.